20,000 postcards with a link to the survey as well as a nice QR code that allowed residents to scan and take the survey anonymously. Mayor Robinson, we thank you. You also promoted this in your, your weekly address to the residents and on Andrew McKay's show, so we thank you for that. Who's that guy? <laughs> this is Nicole Gieslason. I'm sure I'm butchering her name, and I'm so sorry, Nicole. You see, you're such a sweet lady, and uh, you, you, you mentioned me, so I appreciate that. <laughs> but the, she was giving the presentation of the Pensacola City Council, the gender review session on Monday, and talking about the quality of life survey that the uh, you know we put out every year and the, kind of the results of that. Joining us now to talk about this and other matters. We have Mayor Grover Robinson. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. Always good to have you. So the um, the items, the way I read the survey is that the big key, you know, focal areas, things that people are interested in and in some cases concerned about, uh, public safety, housing, and infrastructure. Is that right? Yeah. No, I think that's that's certainly there. And and as you as you probably heard, uh, you know, housing was one of those that, that has definitely just come on in the last 12 months. Um, it was the first time it's ever been put on the survey and immediately went up to number two. Um, and I think it was throughout the stuff. So, I mean, there, there's good stuff you glean through there. Um, and, and I always think it's it's uh, it's interesting. There is obviously some concern people have with some different parts, but it's always interesting to me. When you start asking about what we actually do in the city and the services we manage, all of those generally do fairly well. Um, so it's it's a case of, and as, as Nicole was saying, she's like, I don't think this is a reflection on the housing department. I think this is a reflection just on what's happening in the overall. So, I, you know, I think, I think uh, we've been working hard to get some things, and we have some stuff that I think is is going to be coming online and, and bringing and trying to bring both uh, rental units and then affordable uh, rental units onto the market and and try to help uh, you know the market uh, you know handle that situation. But that, that you and I have discussed this many times. Right. Civicon speakers have been here. I mean, it's, it's supply. I mean, we've got to get supply uh, because we have demand. I mean, that's that's the market force. You know, it, it's funny. I, the pandemic, okay, and I don't think the pandemic and the housing crisis right now are necessarily tied together all that much, but the pandemic gave me the feeling like things I always took for granted would work all of a sudden don't work anymore. You know, like the the price of milk didn't work anymore or the availability of labor didn't work anymore or being able to find control mast arms for signals that we're putting in in the Cervantes project didn't work anymore. And now I feel like uh, kind of the housing is the same way. Like, you know, this has never really been this kind of a problem before, but with, um, you know, the escalating price and also a lot of homes being converted over to vacation rentals, which takes them out of the family living market, you've all of a sudden got this scarcity driving prices through the roof, right? Yeah. And again, I, I mean, there were certainly houses that were in the rental market beforehand. Uh, I tend to think a lot of this is all the things you mentioned were the, exactly the kind of fears that happened when we shut everything down. I think there were also reasons why, you know, it was like it was it was like trying to come back as fast as we could in cert- certain segments. But um, I mean, in manufacturing, we're still so far behind. Yeah, uh, building, we've come back, but I mean, you missed about, you know, probably easily twelve months of uh, 
of, of general constructing. Um, and then, and then, you know, on top uh, you know, of that, that's, that's a great, can I, can I just pause you? That's a great point. I hadn't been thinking about that, that, you know, we, we are concerned about the scarcity of housing for people, but we had, you know, about a year's, maybe a little bit more than that worth of housing, not getting built the way it should normally do, which means there's less supply. That's a great point. Go ahead. No, th- th- those are all things. And then certainly I think to a small degree, Sally played a little bit of an impact in that. Um, and that it also it, it did two things. One is it caused it either took some it took maybe minimal amount of housing stock out of the market, but what it really did was focus a lot of construction time and effort on reconstruction yeah. rather than on, on on new construction. And so I think you know that also plays a, a little bit of an impact in this. No, that's that's a fair comment too. I did want to ask you because as I was listening to a Nicole give her presentation as I was kind of following along in the um, you know the handout the the 45 pages of the final delivered version of this assessment one of the the most stark pictures in the report was the one that showed the average net promoter score by city council district by district in the city and for people who can't see it um basically on the vertical axis you had people who agree with the statement that we are a city of excellence you know from not saying that to being willing to saying that going up and then on the bottom axis the horizontal axis it's um people who are likely to recommend living in the city of Pensacola, what they call a net promoter, somebody who's an advocate for the city. Yeah, you should come live here. And what it showed was basically in the plus plus for both was districts one, three, and six. These are people who we are a city of excellence and we are a great place to live. Come live here. In the very middle range, you had districts two, four, and five, which were, yeah, sort of, you know, it's not too bad, not too great. And then district seven basically said, we are not a city of excellence. We are not a good place to live. And it's a very stark clustering of three, one, three, and six and then two, four, and five, and then seven all by itself is like, I really hate this place. What do you take away from that? You know, there, there are a couple of things. This is my main point, Andrew, on the net promoter score. And again, if you look at it, like District 1 had, had and District 7 really had the least amount of answers. So I think it amplifies their position. Like District 4 and District 6 were the biggest. Um, but But my issue is, I'm a little bit concerned when you just take calls in um, what what you get because you don't get as much of an even even flow. And I think the promoter score, and I mentioned this the other day, yeah. uh, I'm not as strong on looking at that. There, there's some things the survey definitely tells you, but I think the problem with the promoter score is it's not very even in the way it does. And let me explain to you this. If you're waiting for people to call in to tell you what it is, you 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 know, just just let them call and tell you things – Generally, the people who are going to call are the people who are generally upset. People who are generally happy uh, don't. As, as I was talking to, to, to Casey Lagarde, and she was laughing. She said, yeah, she said, I've only written one review on one of these things one time, and it was a bad review. People generally, I have great uh, restaurant experiences, but I, I, I rarely ever write them. People generally don't tell you good news. When they're mad and they want to tell you something, that's when they get on there and write. The other part that I think you have to look at is you have to look at something like uh, what Civicon does, and they go out and reach people and call. So you are getting people who are upset, but you're also well, getting people. It's random. You okay, don't know so I, I, I very much appreciate the concern about the methodology. Certainly, that's near and dear to my own heart. But if that's true, isn't this still an indicator 
District 7 has a greater share of people who are so angry that they're willing to pick up the phone call, the phone and make that call compared to some of the other districts. Isn't there still some baseline comparison we can make yeah. about satisfaction? No, 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 no. Yes, I would say yes. I mean, if you look at it, District 7 is where we're having the most acute issue of hitting right now related to housing because it it, it generally is a lower income area and now um, it's, it, you know, what, what was at least affordable in District 7 is no longer affordable even there, I mean, on rentals. So, yeah, it is probably one of the places that's seen the most acute impact of, of, the, um, of the housing uh, Okay, so, and that's and I mean, that's I, that's I kind of what I thought. Of. I was just curious what your take was because, as I said, yeah. it was a, to me that was a fairly stark picture um, that I you know. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't I don't think I don't think I don't think this review. I mean, I mean, I talked to Delary Wiggins. He's like, yeah, there are challenges. But I don't think people, and I said, Delary, I don't think people. I think they're they're responding to that issue and they're they're okay. they're angry about something and definitely they're angry about housing and and we get it. Um, right. We we know. We know there are challenges on there, but I think I think it's hard to read too much into that on on what happens. But I definitely know that there's a suggestion, and it, it isn't surprising that it's there because that probably District Seven is where we're seeing the most change in 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 uh, in expenses, and you also have one of the areas of, of least income. So, right. it, you know, it, there are definitely some challenges that are in District 7 that we're experiencing. Hey, uh, hang on just a second. We're talking to Mayor Grover Robinson. I did have one final thing I wanted to ask you about because we've got some issues going on with uh, Community Maritime Park. I just want to get some uh, clarity on, but uh, Candy Cullerton has traffic on the fives. Uh, it's brought to you by Avalon HR. With everything going on, you need Avalon. 437-1620 if you see that slowdown or accident. Candy Cullerton with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Candy. I, I know there's been a lot of focus on the airport over the last two weeks because of the escalator and elevator things. And I thought Matt Coughlin, the airport director, answered those adequately. And we know things are back to where they should be. And we're still thinking about the future. You and I talked about this a little bit last week as well with the development yes. of a second concourse, you know, when three, five years, something like that. But that's, I, I, you know, I, I know people have been thinking about that and we've talked about that. But I want to talk about Community Maritime Park for a second, because um, four and five parcels, four and five, where the parking lot is now is still in process. But parcel nine, which we kind of announced the news about that when I talked to Jonathan Griffin, um, they're going to develop that. The Wahoos are going to develop that for some of their purposes, right? Correct, correct. And that lease goes to council on Thursday night. Um, it really does allow us to um, – Major League Baseball requires some things of them. Uh, nine is the – you know, there's nine and three are the two little bitty parcels that are right by the stadium. They're very difficult to figure out. I mean – Multiple times people have tried to figure out, well, what are you going to do with them? Uh, they are the most difficult to figure out what you do long-term with them. But from the standpoint of, of nine, nine is right along the first baseline. Uh, as you go south toward the water, uh, it's right by the Wahoos are on the first base side. All of their infrastructure is on the first base side, clubhouse, everything else. So uh, they want to tie this into it. It's, it's, again, as Major League Baseball takes over Minor League Baseball, these are things that they expect to see in their stadiums for the development of their players um, and, and everything else. So it's just one of those things that we've got to have to, uh, to, to, to just like the lights, just like right. you know, where we want the turf. The turf. And, yep. uh, it, you know, that, that's what we're required to have uh, so, that, so that, that they get the experience that they want them to have. So from our standpoint, we think it's a great 
tool uh, when it happens. It'll it'll help us continue to keep hopefully you know keep the Wahoos here. We got them. Yeah, for I mean nine years. I was very proud. We got that lease extended last year, and, and now we, uh, we we you know we'll we'll have we'll have more they'll have more infrastructure into the park. Yeah, uh, batting cages in there. And as you say, if we keep the Wahoos here, that makes me happy. We get a little bit more revenue. That makes me happy. And we managed to lease off a parcel that's pretty hard to figure out another use for. So it's a win all around. Grover Robinson is the mayor of the city of Pensacola. We'll have the city council meeting tomorrow night. Mr. Mayor, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next week. Andrew, always enjoy it. Thank you very much for helping me promote things. I appreciate it. You're definitely a net positive promoter. Oh, no, that's true. Thank you so much. I am an advocate for people. I tell people it's a great place to live. All right, sir. Thank you so much. 750 here.